Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taku Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. N nothing bad happened. Nothing bad ever happens. We always get it yeah. in one perfect take. Yep, that's that's all anyone ever hears. That's all that ever happened. Definitely. How's your week going, Taco? <laughs> I had a great week. It was, I'm not going to say it was a week of weekend of rest and relaxation. It was more like a couple of days to just kind of tune myself out, get tilted by Go Battle Day's mountain shenanigans, and just overall watch my elo go from on the cusp of, of well, I think it's veteran or expert, and then drop all the way down to, lol, you're not having a chance. Do you, do you want to figure out which one it was? Or because 25 is that. Okay, then it was veteran. Okay. I, I started at 2450. I am sitting at 2050. Yikes. The biggest of yikes. But I mean, how... I hope you I hope you got some dust out of it. I did. I'm back over 200,000, so I'm happy about that. Nice. Yeah, I, I this was the first time I played a full battle day since maybe the first one or I, I guess I also played all of or a lot of it during the Lion Cup the first time, like I found I found the winning strat and just I think that's where my, my win streak is from. Oh yeah. Anyway, point being I got I got a couple hundred thousand dust myself and that was that was my goal. I, I stayed pretty even throughout the day also, so that I didn't have to freak out about. Did what's the word I'm looking for? Did you get anything of note in your encounter pool when you were when you were gaining encounters? I got some notably terrible IV rolls. <laughs> does, does that count <laughs> as it's notable? Something. <laughs> if I yeah, if I type GBL, my <laughs> my my last stuff that I saved, it's like okay, well I guess I did get a couple Axio, which is nice, and I did get a couple Snorlax, but one of them is just like regular raid hatch task. IVs, so it didn't even change anything. <laughs> and then it bottom, and then I got a Hisuian Sneasel with 13 attack and nothing else. At least you'll never lose CMP. I'll I'll trade it to someone, <laughs> and then maybe they won't lose CMP. <laughs> I got two legendary encounters, and one of them was shiny, and that's about all that I cared to. That was my notable addition to GBL's Go Battle Day. I had to I had to try really hard not to mock the I got two legendary encounters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got... Correct me if I'm wrong, but last time we had a Go Battle Day, you got two legendary encounters, but it was Latias, if I'm not mistaken. No, my, my double was a Tapu Lele. Oh, okay. The one of the more forgetful ones. Yeah, Love Cup. Love Cup Lele's. That makes sense. I was thinking Tapu. So at least, it, at least it was on brand for the color. Alrighty then. So we have... <laughs> gonna segue is, is, there, is there any game news or is it just straight into the battles this week? Well, I think we talked about it last time, but we had April's Community Day confirmed to be Togetic, which is a side grade with the Aurasphere move. And that's all I remember talking about. It's, I, I don't know if I, if we really spent much time on it, but it is it is cool that they're at least handing that move out to Pokemon not named Lucario. <laughs> Gives me hope that next round more Pokemon will get it. And I mean, it is a good move, and it is good coverage for 
some of the stuff that has access to it. So maybe that will be the more the more interesting version of the the boom burst treatment. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of excited because since technically it's going to be a middle evolution Pokemon, we're going to get 300 Stardust per catch, which means not only are we getting quarter egg distance for bonuses, but we're also kind of getting free star pieces because we're getting three times catch before the Stardust. Or excuse me, before the star piece bonus. That's that's a good point. Uh, I guess my, my one kind of point of, of weirdness around Togetic as the Community Day Pokemon is that it's one of the very few middle evolution Pokemon that was already a, a wild shiny. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so, right. Like, feels like a very weird... Okay, yeah, there. It's it still hasn't been offered at boosted rates, I don't think. So, I mean, it's 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 been historically one of the rare ones just because even with the addition of shiny Togetic encounters like they haven't been around a lot so it's it'll be it'll be really exciting for the people that don't have it yet but it's just like you can it could at least be a new middle shiny what middle shiny would you want i don't i don't even know but just it's it's one of those things like about this game that's that's still weird where even for the regions that have had their tours and so all of the shinies are available they they it still doesn't count for the evolutions that's fair <laughs> that's a fair point to make i however will just say i just want the stardust so i'll be going out and catching as many as i can assuming it's not 13 degrees with a negative 20 wind chill in the spring because iowa weather yeah and it is it is also the first hatch bonus that we've had in a while if you didn't go to vegas which i think i think i did already talk about that where i fully expected there to be a hatch bonus for the global version and then there was not there was never going to be that you know that easiest way niantic gets its money is number one bat or quote battle passes they will be forever be raid passes and number two incubators for a second i thought you meant like the go battle league uh timed research oh but <laughs> that i continue to be surprised that they haven't done like a full-blown battle pass out of that don't give them too many ideas now i mean it's just it's strange that they're sitting on it but i guess the one news thing we can we can actually talk about and see just because they've they've quietly been doing this i don't know if you've remarked on it yet but how anytime there's one of the pop-ups on your screen for friendship or like a lucky friend or this also applies to like the daily incense catches where all of them now have the share function where it's just like all the things that we've historically taken screenshots and sent to people it now has a built-in would you like to social media this (laughs) would you like to tell all your friends that you still play pokemon go or or even just use the function to send it to the relevant person right kind of like cutting out the middleman of screenshotting yeah speaking of that i was on campfire recently it was for reggie drago day and somebody caught a shiny and i felt really bad but they lit a i wouldn't say little fair they showed their cash card and they said omg there's a shiny magic card here right now guys come and get it 
I didn't have the heart, and he was in the discords because apparently you still can't, you still can't do a lot of stuff with campfire. So I found him in the discord and I tagged him. And I was like, hey, just to let you know, it's shiny is random for everyone. There is no like guaranteed shiny, except that one day, community day in July of 2018 when it was Squirtle Day, and everyone who got the research got the shiny for that time. You know, like, oh, my bad. Yeah, game game mechanics are still... I had to be that guy. I really didn't want to be that guy, but somebody had to tell them. That That is that is good to know, though. I haven't tried to message anyone that did, like, that I got campfire notification from locally that wasn't already on my friends list. I didn't realize you can't message them. Yeah, it's not. It's not as fun as it's supposed to be. But, you know, that's just the thing with Campfire. You do things to do things. And we, let's be honest, we all forget about it and use Discord more than we use Campfire. Well, and to me, the biggest issue is still I don't want to spam the other people with Campfire that are on my friends list. Where it's, I wish there you could double filter. Where it's like, yes, I, I would like to know when people post things within two miles of me <laughs> and, and that's it the raid coordination is pretty neat when there are people that have campfire that are in the area just light a flare and say hey anyone want to do this raid at this time and you can kind of jump in on it or even even just to have that known that like uh it's it's not all that rare for me to be out and just see a few raids that I'm going to do like in a row. And so to be able to say that someone is going to be doing these that knows that they're going to win, like I'm sure that would be helpful for people. But at the same time, I circle back to, I also just don't want to spam the people on my friends list. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still waiting for Niantic to put a proximity, a proximity notification where if you're in the same area and you light a flare, it's not going to alert somebody on the other side of the world in in australia or in new zealand saying hey does anybody want to do this raid with me and i'm in virginia i mean maybe maybe they want an invite and they'll send you a message but yeah just (laughs) how to how to find that kind of middle ground right of i i don't mind letting people know what i'm thinking but i i'm still kind of in the camp of i i wish that the campfire experience was more integrated where if someone is looking at the same gym as me in Pokemon Go, they can see that there was a flare like in Pokemon Go. Like it's not a separate app. Yeah, it, it kills your battery too. Just having both the apps running at the same time. I am not a fan of that. Yeah, I mean, when have we ever had battery issues with Pokemon Go? Well, already then. So I think that's the only bit of news that was really worth talking about. That was, that was more of a tangent than I intended, but... The best of tangents. Let's let's get to our uh, double down bout, shall we? Yes. So, for this week only, the Sylpharina has decided that everyone's gonna fight twice, and I'll get into that in a second. It's it's double points weekend apparently here, and if you win one, if you lose the first match, you still have a chance to tie it. So instead of it being best of twenty one, it's best of forty two. Good luck, everybody. And, and just to just to check if they've changed it since we started recording, I, I refreshed the page. It's still there. I love. Remember, remember in the 
the pre-show we had, we had two and a half hours of recording, and then they finally fixed it. Which means it'll get done by tomorrow night. Somebody, yeah, that's 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 a future self's problem. <laughs> but we can kind of we can kind of look back at some of the other bouts from Open, starting down there. Some notable matchups. Unfortunately, I'm gonna say that a lot, so be ready, y'all. Unfortunately, the Nerdy Birds PV or Nerdy Birds PVP lost a heartbreaking match against Luciania Orange, eleven to ten. It appears that the RNG, the RNG, the RNG Jesus was not on Nerdy Bird's side. Looks like that was mostly a just a car issue. Looks like, uh, yeah, I think that's the first O3 we've seen from the young, from the young sister team. But it's okay if it's anything like last cycle. The ultra, the ultra league slot slash field slot in ultra league is gonna give the team the problem. But it's not like it's gonna slow. It's not like it's gonna slow either of these teams down. You can get swept and still, you know, put up 15, 16 points a week. Well, and it's it's making me curious how far the orange team is going to go this cycle. I would put them in the top five. I mean, I guess technically they're just by default in the top 12 right now. So, Right. However, I do have to caution it is still very early in the in the cycle. So we can't start saying, oh, this team's definitely getting promoted or this team's getting promoted yet. Maybe around cycle well, s- or cycle six. Bout number six. They they wouldn't have they wouldn't have made my list. So just just the fact that they're they're coming out swinging is is saying a lot. Yeah, they're definitely wanting to be in the in the what's the word? In the conversation of top teams to get promoted and not need some teams to disband up top to have that happen well welcome welcome to the conversation yep in other news rose like blow rose like bow wins a takes another commanding 18 to 3 victory putting them head and shoulders above everyone else after two bouts which is pretty impressive we also got coastal kings taking an 18 to 3 against the singapore dragons <laughs> this you pointed this one out. This one was funny to me. Home Slice Hooligans takes Remember the Armaldo 10 to 9. What? You know, it takes a couple 2-0s or 0-2s to make that one happen. And Look, I've seen... It just, just got, got a little silly over there. Look, I've seen 20 points gets you... Or 20 possible points because one is forfeited, but I've, I really haven't seen 19 possible points. I guess we'll let's, put... Let's get those, let's get those teams posted on time and make sure we get our matches scheduled and done speaking of that i have to reach out to the opposing captain soon you got you got another day you're good you just have to set the lineup i have to do it within 24 hours captains have to reach out within 24 hours that's the rule i have to make sure the lineup i was breaking that rule so much last cycle oops you're doing great out there (laughs) i'm doing my best we also had Misubi taking another victory. I think they took another victory. Did they win the first week? They had to, to be okay. in the top pairs. Okay, that's fair. They w- took a 13-8 victory over Team Flareon. And then the team that we're following, Weedle Knievel, won 17-4 against Flock of Farfetch'd. Now, I know I also said that we. it's probably a little early, a little too early, excuse me, to call teams and invite them to the table but one of the good things that i'm kind of seeing is the teams that are fighting 
or the teams that win 11 to 10 or within like three points are kind of showing me that this is either going to be these two teams are either very very evenly matched and we don't know what's going to happen or both these teams are very bad and it's a race to the bottom but since i'm a positive taco i'm going to err on the former rather than the latter well in open tier it's it's kind of what you expect that these matchups are are still kind of lopsided because it it really does take the first three or four weeks to get teams to their section of the bracket that's true i kind of like the beginning parts because sometimes you'll have very strong teams fighting against on paper or teams that didn't do so well the fought the previous cycle and then the underdog pulls the upset and it's like oh okay we're gonna have some fun this cycle yeah well and especially if there's a franchise team or or an older team that is pretty much starting over with new players and all of a sudden they're they're coming out with big upsets that that's also going to send a message right that is true yeah you are 100 on that one so with that, all of that out of the way let's dive into weedle weedle knievel's 17 to 4 victory over flock of farfetch shall we are we, are we starting at the top again yes we are <laughs> contrary to uh, last cycle we're like I, like I said last week, we have to keep the audience on their toes. Unless they're sitting driving out of the car, then please don't stand on your toes. Okie dokie. So, we start this. We start off this journey with Juicy Chicken Yo taking a 1-2 loss over Odorin the Wizard. I like Wizards. It's my favorite, or second favorite D&D class to play. I, I was curious because I see I saw the triple shadow again and I remember we remarked on that immediately last time that both of the open great league teams were triple shadow and I went and checked and it is exactly the same team. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm gonna say getting served the one two might convince them that they need to change it up a little between bouts. Yes. Of course Especially we... when when that was half of the flock of Farfetch's points. <laughs> That is true. They because everything else is everything else is a really dominant showing. I do want to stress that you know even if you dominated one week, if you bring the exact same team, please, please, please know that there is a chance your opponent will build a team specifically to hard counter it. And actually, that's that's what happened in the other one-two slot in Catacomb. They used the same team and got punished. You are kidding me. <laughs> okay. Alrighty, so Odrin the Wizard, good job for reading your scouting report and building a team that could almost, or actually almost completely dominated. That Luxray, that Luxray went off. Let's be honest here. Azumarill, Pidgeot, Psychic Fangs onto Hitmonchan, Chef's Kiss. And of course, you also bring Swampert for the G-Fisk and Alolan Marowak. And then Alolan Ninetales just for, I don't know, style points? Because you, you wall the Hitmonchan and the Dragonair and... Wait, no, you can't wall the Pidgeot. But if it's a, <laughs> if it's a Powder Snow, you can get it off the field really quickly. But I think Charm might have been the way to go because there's just so much coverage on the Wizards team. Your thoughts, Jet? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would have even brought the Ninetales necessarily. I mean, if you had to bring it just for, I guess, simplicity's sake. I mean, yeah, pro- probably. I mean, it kind of Probably was. Charm just to, just to help with Azumarill more than anything because that's that's like the one thing that 
you don't have a firm answer to exactly. It's like Luxray shows up as a win in the one shield just because it's got the wild charge, but Azu has the bolt to, to stick around if, if it doesn't want to go by the the simulation outcome. <laughs> and that's also assuming that Azumarill shields the the psychic things but lets the wild charge through, right? Probably. Well, I mean that yeah, that is that is usual issue with Luxray and other bait available movesets. <laughs> it's is you you never know exactly what it's giving you the win off of. The the one for me recently that's funny when I go and look at it just because I am trying to wrap my head around decision making is the Lycanroc Midnight into Chestnut for Catacomb is for for counter it's it's giving the win to Lycanroc because they're shielding the first Psychic Fangs and then for the rock throw they're shielding the second one and so then it's counting as a loss for that reason (laughs) Yeah, Sims are weird. That's all I'm going to throw out there. <laughs> Where it's just, okay, well, if they just stays the same, it, like, it's a loss both ways if they just don't shield the first <laughs> first charge move. I see. Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, that's that's the, the minor relevant diversion for, for simulation stuff. But overall, Swampert looks fairly good here. You obviously have to look out for Dragonair more than anything. But you can you can count on Swampert for for damage in that matchup, and then Sableye is is also up to its its usual nonsense. Sableye doing Sableye thing, and then it's it's kind of player's chef's choice after that. Yeah, that's. I mean, I still probably would have put the Luxray in just for you know that that budget Raikou. Well, as budget as you can make it that Raikou where if you build up two wild charges it goes it goes burr. I just I just don't like Luxray as much because you even with psychic fangs your your fast move pressure isn't there. And that's to me one of the nice things you, you brought up Raikou about Raikou is you have that as an option is you can run the volt switch, which you have the opportunity to at least farm some stuff down if you need to. Right. And Raikou is my MVP for Bionic Cup last, or, well, by the time this episode airs, it'll be last month. So I'm going to say last month. Wow. So anyway, over, over under on Juicy Chicken changing their lineup next week. I pretty, think, pretty good. I think he kind of tasting defeat for the first time in his faction's career. He it will definitely change his lineup to something a little bit more not hard countery. And I guess the, the one other call out I should I should make is that Dark Answer also didn't change their lineup but they still pulled a 3-0 so I mean we'll, we'll check out if that was matchup or or player intensive but I also stand corrected well he still only, he only has one cycle under his belt so he's still a rookie forgot he was on the Island Guardians last last cycle uh, and then the Justicar team is also the same this week yeah but see that three that was still a 3-0 yeah. So I guess we're kind of seeing a pattern of, you know, my team is good. My team is the best. You can throw whatever you want and I will destroy you. And they're kind of, I guess the way I'm kind of reading it is they're daring teams to, to do that. Yeah. And 
they they might be borrowing the the battle boy strat of hold the line for five or six weeks and then change it for a stronger matchup later on and, and get some stronger teams to get thrown off when you finally flip the switch that is honestly a very good strat. just the mind game just getting into people's heads before your match. <laughs> yeah exactly because yeah because it, it does become a question of okay how long how long do they hold the line is this week the week that they change it up well now hold on here i'm also looking at seal monkeys team. oh before we forget it was charmanderson versus seal monkey before we kind of dive too much into it charmanderson mm-hmm. brought the exact same team shadow charizard gengar como luxray nihilego and scrafty and seal monkey brings venusaur charizard polyrath I guess that water, fire, grass core with Shadow Machamp, Gengar, and Zapdos. Just for, it's for the audio listeners before we start like diving completely in. Yeah. So kind of looking at the team on paper, I would have to say that Seal Monkey, on Seal Monkey's side, it didn't look like they had a good answer for... Well, no, they still did. I was going to say for Como, but then I see Wing Attack, Shadow Charizard, and Drill Peck, Zapdos over there. But both of those Pokemon are completely walled by Nihilego's Rock typing and Luxray's... Oh, once again, Luxray's, I would say, more bulk for Spark, Psychic Fang's Wild Charge combination. Well, yeah, and even even just with that moveset, there wasn't anything they had that was completely safe into it <laughs> even even as a glass cannon you can you can chunk yeah but if i want a glass cannon i would just use gengar because it's sitting right there shadow ball go burr actually hits everything on seal monkey side for neutral or better damage yeah well, and that was that was kind of the other bot that could cause some issues it's like uh, i'm pretty sure the charizard and zapdos can still pace it but yeah they're they're not getting out of those matchups for free also i'm kind of looking at this a little bit what if one of these gengars had psychic on it from that one event all those years ago i mean the move is still in the pool so whether or not they they got it then it's always an option sorry if they're running it now my bad yeah but like seeing a party is there sweet is there a reason really to run psychic Venusaur, Polyrath, Machamp, and opposing Gengar. I mean, uh, I'm just, I'm just not convinced that the Shadow Ball doesn't deal with them already because they're the same energy. Like maybe, like oh, I'll, I'll pull up the the old battle sim, ye, ye old Machamp matchup, which is already pretty sad for Machamp. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, shout, <laughs> you'll love this. Guess okay, guess how much percentage damage a Shadow Ball does into a shadow champ i'm gonna say 75 percent 92.5 oh okay never mind you don't need psychic after all psychic does 110.5 so i mean it'll it'll get you there and maybe so maybe it does matter for like venusaur which is actually weak to one and not the other eh, okay so it's it's the difference between 63 percent and 75 percent but i mean you still can't face tank it super well but okay that makes sense what about just just for due diligence the the polyrath is 56 and 67 well we're getting a little bit better and also polyrath is a little bit tankier than is a little bit tankier than the other 
than the other Pokemon that were brought. So that's a start. And then like the the ones that are the other way, so the ones that aren't specifically weak to Psychic, uh, Shadow Ball, like into Zapdos, for example, Shadow Ball's doing 78%, and then Psychic is doing 58 Gotcha, okay. So I don't, I don't think there was a wrong answer, but in general, Shadow Ball is just already such a good move, and there was nothing that resisted it. So I guess the, the surprise, or I will be surprised if... In the other Justicar matches that we look at, if the Galarian slow king especially doesn't show up prominently, where I, I'm actually surprised that it's not here just because it was a instant top five as soon as it got surf. <laughs> that is true. The Galarian, well, they could also be saving it for a rainy day, so we can't we can't count them out yet. But I, I guess in this case. They probably for they for forgoed it for went it. I forwent. I speak English good. <laughs> they probably for for went it for the double fighter core that they're rocking in Polyrath and Shadow Machamp. Don't ask and me if, why. If, yeah, if if Polyrath is their preferred fighter, then holding down the water bot in their brain, like okay, sure, but it's new something. new new slow king ain't ain't water, so. We're just gonna, yeah, we'll leave that out there. New Slow King ain't watered. New Slow King good, as we <laughs> saw last week, or I think it was this week. But yeah, that's that's the that's the pick that I'm anticipating. We'll we'll see a lot of as soon as we get into the round robins. Well, alrighty. So moving on into the master slot, RJ has decided to break the mold of his teammates and change his team. I just don't, just a bit. I don't know why I said that. Like I was super happy, but I'm I'm running with it now. So, but yes, it is it is just a little change. But it looks like that little change was just enough to trip off Lolly Amanda? Lolly Amada. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm reading it as Yamada. Yamada? Yeah. Oh. No, like, just just separated at the LOL. Okay. LOL Yamada. Okay. So, RJ brought back the Gengar, Exedril, Florges, and I believe it was Gyarados, and decided to bring Kyogre and Hydreigon to the party. Yeah, it was... This week they they swapped out the Lugia and Swampert for Gyarados and no they they changed it a lot actually. Now that I'm looking at it, they only brought back Mega Gengar and Florges and completely traded out the other four. Well, and just based on what we looked at last week, I think that Mega Gengar Kyogre Florges is a little bit cookie cutter for this version of the meta. Hmm. As, as far as the things that are coming out the gate looking really strong. And then I'm wondering about that surfetched pickup. Well, we can't say it was we can't say it was there because, you know, you have to beat up on your mascot like we saw the last time Surfetch was in the but and this is a big but. Surfetch could I mean as a fighter, can resist the Excadrill, threaten the Hydreigon, even with Brutal swing. I think it only has to be on the lookout for. Does he get outrage? A dragon? A dragon charge move? Oh. Yeah. It's it's just meteor or flash cannon. Oh, so it does have Draco meteor. Yeah. Okay. Neat. So yeah, the surf edge looks like it could have put in a lot of work against Hydreigon and Excadrill, and possibly if it had an energy lead, threaten the. I think if it had like three night, three counters worth of energy, threaten the Mega Gengar with Night Slap. But I'm putting too much, 
too much faith in that in the, the the sword bird over there got to look at the rest of a modest team so right off the bat mega gengar does really well into mewtwo and lugia and togekiss assuming they brought shadow ball sludge bomb and i think this is the first mewtwo we've seen which is weird because i would think that psycho cut mewtwo would be able to go like toe to toe with mega gengar considering they're both dealing super effective damage to each other and that's that's just the mega gengar having the slightly cheaper move with shadow punches and that's that's really all it needs off of those stats so do you i would say do you really need shadow ball in this case and can kind of get away with shadow punch and sludge bomb i kind of like to think so except that you're neutral or better into everything running triple ghost so i don't i don't know that that would be helpful just just because like shadow punch is that move that at the end of the day can be depressing because it's just not quite enough damage <laughs> fair it's like it, it hurts if that's your your option i think even into togekiss where i mean obviously it doesn't apply when you're talking about sludge bomb where i'm i'm looking more in my head about excadrill but yeah okay i was looking more as like a generalist for for mega gengar but in this case you are you're definitely right about the <laughs> I, li- I like where your head is head is head is uh looking though just trying to incorporate the other moves but i think that applies as soon as you get up against a team that actually is is running dark types okay that makes sense. Or at least it starts to enter the conversation. Or normal types, even even more so, right? We we talked about Ursaluna last week. Right, right. With or some the... relax, the, the perennial Master League utility knife. <laughs> True. But overall, I, I would say this is one of those situations where they, they probably had to ask a lot from Gyarados and Lugia. And as we've seen before, if you ask too much from your Pokemon... You're not going to have the best of time. Like I think I think we're out of the the golden age of, of Mewtwo just at least for this cycle because of what it has to compete with just as far as the points go. Right. Cuz yeah, you you're you're having to compete with the, the likes of Mega Gengar itself for that slot. Yeah, that's definitely something that you're pro- you're most likely going to lose like a good a good number of time and and just as as far as fairness goes we we should mention that this is a repeat team on amada side on on, on uh, yeah on yamada's side uh, so whoever changed the team gets the hard <laughs> <laughs> well like like i said i think i think rj has hit the nail on the head on what is going to be likely the strongest on paper trio just with the Mega Gengar Kyogre Florges. Gotcha. And we'll see how far that core takes them until somebody breaks the mass in the Master League. Somebody breaks that core, which can has happened a number of times. And then, of course, the comparison point for for Yamada is their Pokemon that are worth points are Mewtwo and Lugia, and then that's it because oh. they didn't. Oh. So they should bring more points in for next time. <laughs> well, it's it's just an option, right? Like you have one point, why why not swing for the the Mega Blaziken over the Surfetched? Like unless unless you're really worried about Swampert, but I, f- I feel like there's 
I mean, Gyarados and Lugia can take care of Swampert. Well, and even even Mewtwo, I feel like, wins that matchup, right? I don't in, know that much in Master in League, Fitty? so I'm going to agree with you. Let's find out. This will be the last thing, and <laughs> then we can move on. <laughs> We're going to find this out is, together. This is our continued learning. This is our due diligence. Yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty solid in the one shield. Okay, but does it win? It wins the, the zero and the one, and then... Swampert barely wins the two. Okay. But most I'm still gonna say that's that's most of the time it goes the way of Mewtwo. Alrighty then. So I guess it's time to look at the Arcana fields, see what's change change gears again. Yeah. Alright, back into the Great Leaks. So in the Arcana field, that's an Ivysaur and Mistravis. What are they doing here? And a Ludicolo and an Armaldo. Well, hey, we... Anyway, let's 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 talk about Flywalker's team first. Okay, so Flywalker <laughs> brought a meta team of Shiftry, Palipper, Tyrant, two ghosts and Rudorigas, and average size Gorgeis, and the Fire Snail that I have learned to hate this past week because of the Mountain Cup McCarg against Kakashi's Ivysaur, Mistravis, Ludicolo, Barbarical. You're supposed to be in the other field, Barbarical, Malamar, and Armaldo. Wait, Armaldo has some play because it has access to Fury Cutter and would take neutral damage from the Leaf Blade from Shiftries. I saw the chart you gave me last week. I remember that. <laughs> it is. Oh man. So yeah, this is a this is a repeat team for Kashi, who got an O2 for not playing last week. Now, when you say O2, like they didn't set a lineup. No, like the lineup is still there. That's that's how it's a repeat. However. Oh, they, I didn't catch they got an they got an O2, so therefore they just didn't play out their match. They didn't try to schedule whatever it was. We don't know, but they uh. they they kept it the same going into this week. And normally, normally if I see a team like this in self, I think they're trying to get the, that one. I forget what it's called, like the pandemonium achievement where you use picks that are under five percent usage but you have to do well with those picks under five percent usage that's <laughs> yeah, the you thing still have to you have to place in the top half also but i think that's that's, only... that's kind of where my head goes i was gonna say i think that's only for vanilla self and not faction self it is <laughs> but it just feels like that sort of team you know i was gonna say you'll get a shout out on this podcast of those those really spicy team but you know, you still have to get points. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's fairly easy to see what happened and how it happened with Pelipper doing Pelipper things and Shiftry just, you know, doing Shiftry things. I'm honestly calling this a wash and we're ready to move on to the next one. I just wanted to look because the other part of this that occurs to me is whenever I see Ivysaur, there's also... Usually an implication that Venusaur is is banned, but it's not. <laughs> it isn't. It is an option. Uh, Miss Drevis, I don't think I've seen you since uh, Sinister. Was that? Oh, I was going further back on that. I was going the season two. I was going season one. Season one, the Twilight Cup, second cup. Okay, that's the last time I've seen Miss Dravis be quote unquote a meta pick. I mean, like obviously, I don't, I don't want to give someone a hard time if that's just what they have available. But some of these are just so niche. Like, 
Uh, you you were talking about Armaldo and how it has good matchup into Shiftry, and I think that's kind of the one thing that it has going for it, right? Well, I bring up Armaldo because MJ said it a couple of weeks ago where if you have access to an Armaldo, you will do fairly well if you're needing to like kind of reach into something. And the only reason he found out about that was because of a draft tournament he did. He had to pick Armaldo because it was like the best one still on the board. A shadow Armaldo, I think, too, right? Or if that was at least part of his, his sell was he could beef up the damage a little that way. Yeah, that's that's probably what if I remember it correctly. And I try my best to remember things, but sometimes I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. So we'll go uh, with it. Yeah. Well, and and just to see where the other ones land, um, Malmar, it, like can hit everything. It has it has some spook, spook factor to it. It's it's a little bit in a weird spot into Ghost, just because it's still neutral to the Ghost moves itself. Mm-hmm. But overall, overall, like I, I don't mind Malamar as a it can it can kind of damage everything. Pick you have to line it up against you have to line it up against some, or lock it in against something that has a positive matchup against it, or else you know throw a superpower and get out of there, like against Shiftry and Macargo. Oh, and Tyrant because Rock types. God, I hate Tyrant. Well. Now. <laughs> Shiftry, Shiftry is the only one that you would specifically need to throw superpower at. Like the foul play is still going to hurt, but and I mean Pelipper also is on the the foul play side of things. But I don't know. I feel like Malamar has has space. Um, Barbarical is okay. It, just because it's it's in sort of a similar spot where between stone edge and cross chop like it can usually do meaningful damage i gotcha okay the 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 front half of this team i'm struggling with we do our best here maybe they just wanted to be different for the sake of being different that's what i'm calling but i don't want to wrap my head around too much of this team well yeah well and if they're using some of their favorites and just trying to make it work also fine but as far as responding to to the viability i feel like that's that's where where we begin that's fair Alrighty. so good on flatwalker and kakashi kakashi you keep doing whatever you're doing over there if you're having fun that's all that matters well and like if if we go check on them next week i will actually maybe be disappointed if they're not continuing to play interesting picks okay that's fair Alrighty. so moving on into the next slot, we had Dubzilla 3-0-ing TJ, TJC, excuse me. Dubzilla brings the Macargo, Pelipper, Double Grass, and Double Ghost in Jump Pluff, Shadow Shiftry, and Coferius, and Runarigas into TJ's Pelipper, Shadow Shiftry, Gengar, Coferigas, so there's that Double Ghost again, and Double Grass, but this one has Lorantis and Tyrant. To me, it kind of feels like Dubzilla was able to maneuver his team a little bit better into getting the lineups, and that's how they were able to win. Because on paper, this team is very much even. The the one thing that Dubzilla's version has is it's a little bit bulkier across the board. 
It's like it, it, apart from Pelipper and Shaoshifri and Kofa, which are the similarities, like you, if you compare the others, the other grass, you've got the jump bluff over the Lurantis, and jump bluff look, looks pretty good. Lurantis has to work a little harder here. You can leaf blade the Cofferigus and Runarigus and hurt the Pelipper a little bit, but you have to superpower the Macargo and the Shift. All the while, if you're up, if you're locked in the Macargo, you are taking super effective damage and incinerate. Yeah, well, and and the big issue is with the Fury Cutter, right? The opposing ghosts are kind of a problem. Like you almost need the Fury Cutters to be neutral to get you where you want to be it's like obviously double super effective into shiftry like helps out a lot but you can't you can't hurt the jump love at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true and yeah i i like i like tyrant um it this is a an interesting potential for rock throw mag cargo also oh it's razor leap that's the other move on lorantis i was thinking it was bullet seed for the longest time and no not so much they're back I was I was not gonna mention them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure they've been gone since we started round two. That's okay, fine. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so looking at the rest of the team, <laughs> this is gonna Are you okay. Yeah, nope. I'll, I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> or is it is it catacomb time? It is catacomb time. <laughs> I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. While I get, while I try to get rid of these again, we've we've got another interesting squad here. I understand better. I didn't see this last time when I was talking about Dark Answer before we got down here. Who brought triple the triple Dark team we talked about last time was Wireless, Mandibuzz, Umbreon, Chestnut, Frostlass, Ariados into Togabri with Snowy Cast form, Alolan Grimer. Volibee, Whimsicott, Alolan Graveler, and Kanto Graveler. This is this is one I need to I need to check if they're also bringing the same team as they did, and they did not. However, they they did have a bunch of baby Pokemon last time also, and it looks like they are very much into the spice side of life with an 86 spice score. Does that translate to wins? on the spice uh, so far so far for factions it looks like no and no. i was going off a grid the... score but okay we can use the factions. we'll put their <laughs> factions record on blast and it's and it's one of those things where i was noticing before that just looking at catacombs rankings that snowy cast form is right up there and it does pretty well into this team and same goes for Alolan Grimer. And in some ways, I like Volibee over Mandibuzz just for access to Brave Bird. So you actually have a nuke off of the bulk as well. And Whimsicott has been one of those where I've kind of wondered when it would show up after the Fairy Wind buff. <laughs> and I mean, we know we know about at least Alolan Graveler from Vanilla Catacomb, but haven't haven't seen a regular Graveler since it was a an, an oopsie pick for one of our bouts. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Well, even kind of looking at the triple dark setup, you would you would think that the Whimsicott kind of has play over... One, two, three... Oh, yeah. 
at four because Chestnut is a fighter and Fairy be beats fighting. But, you know, if you overextend, well, I guess Snowy Cast Form would kind of be able to help with the in the Zuelus and Manibuzz matchup. So they're kind of dividing. It's kind of, to me, it looks like a divide and conquer strategy. But I'm, aside from the Kanto Graveler, I'm not seeing a definitive answer to Frostlass and Ariadose. Actually, to Frostlass and Ariadose doing it reliably, assuming the Alolan Graveler is running Voltswit. This this is one of those times where wondering again. There's there's no reason not to run the rock throw outside Chestnut, but you got some juicy targets there with with Frostlass, Ariados, Mandibuzz. <laughs> like they can they can both run rock. I keep and... I keep wanting to think that you know I see the Alolan Graveler in my my head. I think oh electric types yeah just do that. It's not always the case. I like your initial thought too, just with the the Wimsicott word. Obviously, a fairy type looks looks real good here. It's it's then, how do you how do you get it lined up properly, and how do you how do you deal with the frostless Eridos? Prey and and that can that can come down to alignment. Alrighty, so good. Especially on if they're if they're running those two, then that means you've likely only got one target for the Winsicott. So alrighty, well, good on Dark Answer for being able to kind of exploit some weaknesses and put stay stay ahead of all these baby pokemon definitely definitely i hope to i hope toga breed does a a very a very good job and see what she brings to the table next week more babies hey if they if babies win the babies win that's all it, that's all that matters you know so the last match we have hasank and professor win professor win i was gonna say erwin but that's nothing a professor win took a 2-1 victory with their team of Samurott, Vespaquin, Ariados, so double bug, neat, Umbreon, Sudowoodo, and Ark Arkin, okay, into Asenx, Chestnut, Sableye, Frostlass, Umbreon, Cradley, and Alolan Muck. So there and again, we're seeing the triple dark team, but I think that the, I'm going to say double bug with the, the addition of Fury Cutter and Counter had kind of had this dark team on the ropes a little bit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Vespa Queen doesn't get any flying <laughs> flying moves, right? Just the air slash. Yeah, it doesn't get any <laughs> any flying charge moves. So yeah, I this this team has a lot of kind of interesting picks that I have thought had play. And it's it's just kind of it's fun seeing them all in one place where the Vespiquin and Archon especially, where it's just like those two are kind of just right on the edge where I remember running Vespiquin in vanilla catacomb and it was one of those that there were kind of some, some famous mirror matches where it was it was who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna throw the power gem. Now here's something that's interesting interesting in the catacomb. Arkin destroys Samur or, or yeah, destroys Samurott and Chestnut. And it's ranked so low on the on the rankings with wing attack, ancient power, and dragon. And it's it's one of those wing attackers that we haven't really seen come into its own yet, but just off of that buff, I'm I'm thinking it could be enough, like people see the little tiny 
prehistoric bird Pokemon, they think, oh, that, that can't do anything right, but the attack stat is ridiculous. Yeah, and that is one thing that... <gasps> oh my goodness. So I, I ran a... Sh- I ran a a sim just for fun. Arkin beats Noctowl in the one and two shield. Well, it is it is a rock type, so it's resisting all the wing attack damage and dishing neutral back. Yep, and it barely loses in the zero shield. Neat. And that's that's the that's the testament to the Noctowl bulk right there, <laughs> is is that it manages to flip that. Yeah, but you have to land the sh- shadow ball, otherwise you're, you're yeah donezo. But Anyway, back to Catacomb. The RB, seeing like, if I have an Arcan. Yeah, well, and the one thing to mention is that Archeops is strictly worse in Great League anyway, because their movesets are exactly the same, and that's kind of the thing that usually tips it one way or the other. Or pre-evolution evolution. True. It's just, it's not getting anything out of having more attack. You You get a faster time to death. <laughs> you get to lose more. And I have a good IV one for Great League. Nice. <laughs> so. But yeah, overall, it's it's really cool to see a setup like this work. Because there's, especially when you're looking at double bug, there's a lot of pressure from the rock types. And then inevitably, if you're looking at a bug flying, the, the other one that comes to mind for this because we were talking about wing attack also is the Yanma family where oh my goodness I, I feel like I, f- I feel like in the right hands like that that could be that could be a fun Pokemon but you're going to be up against things like Frostlass but it's it's just cool to see one of the wing attackers come out of the woodwork already you know I one of my biggest regrets for the Yanma is I have I feel really bad I have a zero 1315 Yanma and I evolved it to a Yanmega. I was very depressed. Oops. Yep, but you know, you live, you learn, and hopefully we'll find a better one for next time. <laughs> hopefully. <sighs> well, you need XL candy for it, which I you have to nearly max out Yanma. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was that was one that was the hundo before they added the 10, 10 extra levels. Yeah. Oh well. Overall, interested to see how Weedle King Evil's next matchup goes. Who are, who are they playing? Oh, they're playing Palatown Red. So yeah, this will be this will be a good test for them. This will be yeah, this will be right up everyone's alley. Especially, uh, I'm I'm even looking at Palatown Red and saying, all right, let's 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 see what you're going to do this time. Similar to the Lusitania team, where they've they've been through open tier a few times now. Yeah, the. I was gonna say Hisui and Ryan, but no. Fish on Fish on Ahita definitely has a very good, very good showing in his Pallet Town Empire that he's <laughs> running over there from Aussie Land. It's a shame we didn't get to fight last cycle, but you know, don't sleep on him. This is one of those teams where they do get passed over for promotion because something inevitably happens, and they they sadly lose the games that they. I was gonna say lose the games that they're supposed to to win that's 100% not true I would say this is one of those teams where they will lose games essentially on a coin flip but the the best thing about the Palatown team is 
their ability to just come back the next week and put put on a clinic essentially so now that i've talked to you guys up please don't lose this week <laughs> in the rest of the around the rest of the league we have Lo- Rosark bow is going to take on zero to hero gaiman fearsome frostlass is going to beat team beginner to winner trez just top left is going to beat masubi they're going to beat them is playing masubi excuse me <laughs> blame it on the hiccups <laughs> yeah Coastal Kings I'm just trying to use shorter words. Coastal Ki- Kings is playing Home Slice Hooligans. And then, like we had already talked about before, Weevil Knievel is fight- fighting Pallet Town Red. We wish each of these teams the best of luck as we move on into Iron Tier. So this one was a little bit more of... I would say kind of a little bit more of the same in the sense that Grievard Underdogs once again took a 15 to 6 victory. NMPVP got their first win against Island Guardians. Inglorious Bastodons win 17 to 4 against Testudo Skills. Sub Zero takes a 12 to 9 victory over Gumi University. And the Queen Bees bounce back from their loss to Sub Zero and beats Dojo Comrades 13 to 8. Just looking at it, we're kind of, I think we're kind of starting to see a, a tiering of who's on. T- top of iron and who is going to be towards the latter part towards the bottom at least round robin style but we do have to see the rest of we do have to see kind of how the rest of the schedule shape out because sub-zero hasn't played has yet to play bastodons and grievard and i'm really excited for that matchup when it comes and i think the story so far is that Grievard is holding their own and that was one of the teams that at least initially was was not even close to contention to move up and doing great they definitely were the the team to i guess they were on the team that was like the sleeper team that nobody wanted to nobody wanted them to get promoted because they were excuse me to me at least it was they're kind of slowly rising to the top but when they were able to <laughs> but when they're able to fight against the the higher teams like Sub-Zero, they would pull an upset off, which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, they they beat Sub-Zero last time and their their only loss last cycle was to the Island Guardians, Singapore Dragons, and uh, and Barktown Boomers. All those teams except for one ended up getting promoted but we have to give credit to grievard in their first loss was in the very first cycle and they haven't looked back since and they're they're still rocking eight people so from from that standpoint it's also interesting that they have fielded a second team and not filled out the first one yeah okay so moving on into the queen bees and dojo comrades victory Got a little bit of second verse, same as the first, over in the Queen Bee slot, or in the Great League slot, where Bowling Bowling Bacon 300 unfortunately loses 1-2 against X-Factor 43-93. Bowling Bacon brought Pelipper, Jellicent, Medicham, Frostlass, Alola Ninetales, and Mew. We have a double ghost, double ghost slash double water core and double ice into... Shadow Machamp, Venusaur, Mantine, Altaria, Regirock, and Rainy Castform. 
I want to say that Venusaur put put in work being having the I would say having a the grass typing to keep the Pelipper and Jellicent kind of hiding a bit. It, yeah, well, and it definitely had potential throughout the match, right? The the other nice thing about a shadow is you have the I don't want to call it potential, but because you're usually running into fewer of them, you you kind of settle for a higher attack Venusaur or whatever the shadow version is that's decently high rank, right? If the opposing Frostlass is high enough rank, then you win that CMP. That is honestly interesting. And I guess with the, the I would say Regirock and Rainy Castform kind of do, well, Rainy Castform more than the Regirock itself would do a, a really good job keeping that Frostlass at bay. I, Regirock is, is great into Frostlass. Is it really? Yeah. I the... The lock-ons just add up so fast into the stone edge. Like we're we're very used to the timings for Registeel, which is an extra, you know, twenty energy for its charge moves. Oh. And the those stone edges come out faster than you expect, especially if they overcharge the first one. It's a nice little false expectation there. The the rainy cast form to me is is such a wild pick. Well, when you look at it, the rainy cast form has access to a water gun and then being able to use weather ball and thunder. And so kind of when I'm looking at it, I just go like, oh, it has access to weather ball to kind of hit everything for neutral except the water types. But for that, I have thunder. So it's a big investment energy wise, though. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's helpful into the ice types and maybe that's what it's there to do slash what it did <laughs> it did its thing but I, I i agree with your initial takeaway that shadow venusaur looks great reggie rock looks helpful also just in in covering the things that venusaur can't handle on its own and then it's just kind of are they are they brave enough to bring metacham into this matchup it's like do you do you even bother planning for it I would say no, just by looking at the team itself. Because if I'm if I'm bowling bacon, I would look at it. I would look at the the Mantine and the Rainy Cast form and the Venusaur and go, okay. So obviously I'm gonna take a lot of damage if I bring Metacham. But if I can line it up against the Reggie Rock or Machamp, that's four. That's two. That's two decent matchups against three dicey matchups and then one neutral matchup i'm calling the altaria matchup neutral because i haven't really i'll be honest i haven't played it that much so looking at that i would probably leave i mean at least me i would leave metacham on the bench and kind of use the other pokemon around me to pull off a victory i do like to see a mew win when it's brought also this is the first time i think i've i've seen it without its dark type buddy <laughs> oh yeah just just the way just the way that open team building ends up panning out like if you're going to run Mew, like it's it's almost implied that it needs a dark type there to help it out but this was this was one of those situations where this is maybe on on x factor side one of the first open teams i've seen in a while without a ghost also it's like i guess the the one other thing we haven't talked about yeah, and ghost types are generally underrated 
are generally underrated in the open slots because there's just a lot of, I mean, aside from seeing Noctowl around, there's generally a lot of dark types that also can kind of run around a bit. I think, yeah, I think in general for, for Bowling Bacon, this this would have been uncomfortable, kind of, no matter no matter what you picked, where you, you just kind of had to play a little bolder than would have felt comfortable. Now hear me out. Wild Charge Blizzard Mew. Okay, Wild Charge Ice Beam? <laughs> just just for argument's sake? Fine. Fine. Wild Charge Ice Beam. So think about it. Ice Beam for the Altaria and Venusaur. Wild Charge for the Mantine and Rainy Cast Form. And for the other two, your guess is honestly as good as mine. Jealousy. You might as you might as well wild charge, I guess. Wild charge that too. Just wild charge everything. It's, it's the new hyper beam. We're gonna go from there. Yeah, if if you were either running that from the get go, just trying to get the shields off and being very upfront with, hey, got wild charge, <laughs> and if if you manage to get ice beam off, like that, that's the most difficult part about not running surf or dragon claw, is that. It's, it's going to take you a couple extra Shadow Claws even to throw your cheapest move. And then if your cheapest move is Wild Charge, then you're also contending with the debuff all the time. But I like it. I still want to throw a Blizzard for Blizzard's sake. It's it's usually just so much overkill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. Okay, moving on to the Justicar. Perkin Kaz and I'm a Tree. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> And I'm a tree fought. Hurricane Kaz was able to take a 2-1 victory with her team of Charizard, Gengar, Polyrath, Drap- Drapion, Scrafty, and Galarian Slowking. There's that Slowking you wanted. And Tree brought Charizard, Verizion, Ampharos, Galarian Slowking as well, Crustle, and Overquill. Or as I like to call it, the big the big submarine mine. Yeah, two 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 times Galarian Slowking. <laughs> The biggest difference is Scrafty can do really well against the Overquill and Galarian Slowking with that power up punch foul play combination and of course access to the best move in the game, which it's counter. And the only thing it's really afraid of is Charizard. Like I, I don't know. Well, I think it would also be afraid of of Sacred Sword Verizion. Yeah. It's still taken extra from that well and then if if the Ambrose happens to be focus blast variant like that also is is rough yeah but actually no there is no but on this one because what's the word i'm looking for you have Ambrose can do thunder punch brutal swing dragon pulse focus blast zap cannon zap cannon that's the other one i was looking for yeah i don't see a reason to run anything other than thunder punch and honestly focus blast on this one because Drapion will also take a lot of damage from it being the part dark type oh wait it would be neutral because it's part poison nope I'm learning so yeah oh it would take neutral damage yep but it's focus blast so it would take a lot of damage pretty much the the one compelling <laughs> argument for Brutal Swing though is, is the Galarian Slowking right true but you already have a ca- counter in it in Polyrath well assuming it's running hex okay i'm gonna assume it's run hex runs hex you have a good counter in it in polyrath drapion scrafty 
and Galarian Slowking. Now if it runs Confusion, it can counter the Gengar, Hollywrath. Drapion will be able to win more. Scrafty will take neutral. And I believe it will take or I believe it will dish out neutral damage onto Galarian Slowking. I might need to blood a dog in, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think kind of looking at at that instance, at least that's where my mind is going. Alright. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> so as I let's see. So as I was saying, with Galarian Slow King, there's two stories that can be told here. Either way, Drapion and Scrafty can neutralize that Galarian Slow King. On the flip side, Scrafty can also hurt the Overquill, and uh, Polyrath can also hurt the Overquill because it's just a big ol' Ember Cup Part 2 electric boogaloo over here. Just, just big boy style. Yep. All the way down to the all the way down to the exact glassiness as well. Poison Jab, Poison Stink, Aqua Tail, Sludge Bomb, Dark Pulse, Shadow Ball, and Ice Beam. Because of course, why not? So with that being said though, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna talk about the Charizard Overcrow matchup because that's just another Ember matchup that brings back repressed memories. I think that Hurricane Kaz was able to pull off I guess in this case, Hurricane Kaz's team was looks a little bit more flexible than, than Tree's team to be able to to be able to pull out a massive amount of points. But good on Tree to taking to t- taking their team and being able to take a point off of Hurricane Kaz because I know she's a very skilled battler. And I think you had it right as far as the initial story here, where it's it's really I'm a Tree has to be wary of Scrafty just because it's it's got a pretty good look against a little over half of the team and so then it's it's really a how do you how do you manage the Scrafty and then how does Hurricane Kaz manage the the counters yeah because the only real the only real counters to the Scrafty is the Charizard of Arisia and those are those are both things that the Galarian Sloking can Kind of locked down, <laughs> yeah. So the Charizard, the Charizard, or the excuse me, the Scrafty Galarian Sloking Core looks really, really good in this match. But okay, we must move on to the Master League before we theory craft until the end of time. <laughs> I feel like that one was worth pointing out, just because I suspect that's going to be one that pops up pretty often. Yeah, you're and not that- wrong. <laughs> Players, players will want to be able to respond to in Justicar now that we're in the Valerian Slowpoke era portion. Yeah, true. All right. So in the Master League, Emma Five Cent is able to three O Ednog. Emma Five Cent like brought Mega Gengar, Gyarados, Swampert, Zekrom, Florges, and Ursaluna into Therian Landris, Mega Agron, Togekiss, Excadrill, Altered Form, Garatina, and Torterra. Torterra. Now you know why they brought the Torterra, right? Swampert. I was also going to say and Ursaluna, but yes, Swampert too. <laughs> now, in theory, Razor Leaf Torterra should be able to take care of Ursaluna, Swampert, and even use its ground typing to hurt Mega Gyarados, Zekrom, and I think it still get access to Stone Edge, so you can hit Gyarados for a lot too. This is a repeat team for Emma Five Cents. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> now, with that being said, she did. Oh, it's not. Oh wait, yeah, it is. It is. 
Oh, yeah. She won last time, too. Well, and then it's pretty much a repeat for Ednog also, except upgrading the uh, Metagross into Mega Aggron. <laughs> Fortunately, in this case, with Swampert, Swampert, or an Ursaluna kind of running around, I don't see <laughs> Mega Aggron hitting the field as much as they want it to. But I do, I do want to commend Ednog for going all in on the triple ground t- team and double steel line. I, I think this is a case of not having enough pressure into the Mega Gengar. But three ground types should be able to pressure Mega Gengar. Not, not really. Like the the Excadrill, sort of. But that that thing's so glassy. Torterra is doing grass damage, which is resisted unless you are running bite <laughs> which is that that move I don't, uh, is iffy the the one that seems most consistent on paper is mega agron actually where you're at least throwing neutral fast move damage at it no matter what you bring and then sure it's gonna take you a while to get to charge moves but you've at least got the bulk to be in the same arena as a mega gengar <laughs> But honestly, Mega Gengar is just so strong. <gasps> strong. I don't think anything. Well, aside from Excadrill, it barely beats it. Yeah. Well, and that's a that's that's also just not an easy bring into Gyarados either, right? Right. No, I'm not much of a Master League player, but I wonder if Mega Ambrose will see play because it can beat Mega Gengar and Gyarados and hold its own but you know this meta is still super young yeah i i just suspect that we're gonna see more dedicated mega gengar counters as we go whereas as soon as players run into these mega gengar sweeps they they realize that their their setup maybe needs to be reevaluated. that's fair well already then so torterra though I like the torterra i that is my spicy pokemon of the week that i'm choosing we have, I mean, we haven't even looked at Arcana, and we, we already forget what happened in Arcana Open, because I feel like there were a lot of spicy contenders there. Yeah, okay, that's fair. The Iron Team of the Week. Okay, there's no spice in, in the Arcana slots. They traded three O's. But, no, well, Agron can be pretty spicy. And there's there's a couple Mews running around, it looks like. Yeah, but Mews is a Swiss Army Knife. It can be meta. Three Mews. Okay, fine. Oh, I mean, Relicanth, hello. But, I mean, it was on the losing team. But still, it's pretty neat. I think people got a taste for Relicanth from Mountain. You know, I'm going to try. Ma- no, I'm not going to just for Mountain. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't just for that. Not yet. So, okay. Arcana. <laughs> Arcana. Yeah. I mean, the, Gar- the Great League Gyarados is pretty. Uh, Solar- Solaria's team against Clout. Louder, chowder, chowder. Y'all make up with the hardest names, but it's okay. <laughs> the hiccups are not helping. No, they're not. I'm just. I continue to be impressed that you were hiccup free for like an hour. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and they came back angry. So anyway, plot one: Valaria with the Mew, Pelipper, Gyarados, Shiftry, Bronzong, Haunter, to. Clouder, Chowder, Pelipper, Runarikas, Mew, Agron, Shiftry, Jumpluff. So we got a few mirrors there, but the yeah the double the double flying water backed up by Bronzong like that's that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, and especially Haunter over there. A lot of people forgot about Haunter got some moves last season, along with some other middle evolutions. Yeah, for the, I, the Evolution Cup. I was going to say, I think people are starting to catch on. Ice Punch is handy, though, especially if you do get stuck against something like a Shiftery, which they'd otherwise be free to basically farm you down. And a lot of people would forget would would forget about it, ourselves included, but it's okay. Overall, this is one of those, again, where we're seeing Agron show up, and I, I don't think it's done very well so far. Like, I, I assume it's there to be SmackDown pressure for the Flyers, but even even into this double flyer... I think it. I think it still suffers from not having a cheap charge move. Yeah, because need needs a better fast move than SmackDown. Give it. Make Metal Claw a Shadow Claw clone. I'm pretty sure Aaron doesn't learn Metal Claw. Give it Metal Claw and then make it a Shadow Claw clone. <laughs> well, I mean, even in the main games, I'm pretty sure Aaron doesn't get Metal Claw. All right, look, I'm running out of things to slide <laughs> it in. Okay. I mean, Iron Tail is one of those useless moves right now that is on the list of several that needs needs something. But make Iron Tail a Dragon Tail clone. That would be spooky, honestly. All right, I finally got one. <laughs> but alrighty then. Any, anything else jumping out from this this matchup? No, <laughs> I'm more interested in the second the second one actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna say just well managed by Solaria. Like I think that's a sick, I, like I don't I don't I don't think on paper that that would have been a easy sweep. True. Alrighty, so I'm gonna move on to the next one and Zayme and Phrase Team. Yep. Now, honestly, on paper, I would think that Zayme had the upper hand, but Frey was able to pull off a 3-0. So let's dive into it. Are you gonna you gonna say yeah. the teams? Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> trying to hold my breath. So Zane brought Helper, Tyrant, Lorantis, Gengar, Relicanth, and Crustal into Frey's Tyrant, Shadow Alolan Marowak, Chiftry, Pelipper, Mew, and Ferrothorn. And that Ferrothorn definitely put in a lot of work. And this is kind of an about face from the first kind of round of battles that we saw out of Arcana where Crustle was everywhere, and now it's just on one of the four teams. Right, but you know, Crustle is gonna do Crustle things. But when it's when it's good into the most popular pick of Shiftry, and still has pressure into the other most popular pick, Pelipper. It's like I, I get why it's around. Oh, definitely. It's very scary to. It's very scary when that does end up happening, but at the same time, I can understand why it happened and here the very the very first thing that comes to mind is that the maze is not running a shiftery and that might have enabled the mew to kind of get extra momentum here as well oh yeah that that does make a lot of sense honestly well i mean gengar can kind of actually no mew beats the game gengar even with shadow punch i'm pretty sure the the gengar should come out ahead on that just because like as long as it gets to the second shadow punch but the issue i think also then extends to the ferrothorn okay where shifty shifty would have been nice there too right where you can you can absorb that bullet seed damage and at least be banking energy okay that makes 
makes a lot more sense. Fairthorn is also a more difficult ask to take down with a Pelipper. You kind of needed... But I mean, if you can land Thunder... Because it has power up in Thunder, right? Or Steel Coverage, depending. But yeah. It's like, do you really need Steel Coverage in the Arcana field? It's it's the only way to hit other Grass types. And you can hit the Rock types that aren't also Water for super effective that way still. Mm, okay. Where where the popular ones like the Crustle and the Tyrant are just taking neutral for power whip. Okay. That makes a lot that makes sense. Alrighty then. I mean when I also kinda look at it, I know that Ferrothorn put in work against these grass types and then that kind of freed up I wouldn't say in this case like Ferrothorn did too much because it can take a lot of damage. Especially with Pelipper running around keeping the other Lorantis, keeping Lorantis at bay and being able to fire off weather balls like there's no tomorrow it's kind of just like who do I want to put in the back to kind of clean up the rest of the game too the other difference between these teams is that the tyrant on Frey's side there's there's nothing resisting dragon tail dragon damage period whereas at least you do have the ferrothorn on the other end. Shadow, a little Marowak is still looking pretty... It looks solid, but... I was gonna say it looks hard to bring, because I mean, they've got three rock types, and so essentially the only thing you'd be bringing it for, really, is the Lorantis. True, it's like but the, if that... the Crustle is okay. It, I was also gonna say, if the Crustle's running Fury Cutter, it would be a safe bring, mostly. Because I think you outpaced a bone club before it gets to a rocks a rock blast. I hope they're bring, they're running rock slide, just because it's so much better of a move. Oh, I keep I keep thinking rock blast is better than rock slide, but we can go with that. Yeah, no, like the the Dwebble is stuck running rock blast because that's the move that it gets. But Crustle gets both rock slide and rock blast, and rock slide is just a lot better. <laughs> But yeah, maybe, maybe the the hex shadow little Marowak just running nukes could have could have done more than than I'm seeing because I was I was thinking of fire spin at first. Oh, I was thinking hex, which I mean it makes sense. Yeah, it's it's unresisted damage. Seems seems nice. So kind of moving into the catacomb field. Ooh. Mama climbs with the sweep. Mama climbs indeed get the sweep over a very meta team. Pimen Hoss. In Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Samurott, Frostlass, Beedrill, Jumpluff, into Endbuzz, Sudowoodo, Lorantis, Zwilas, Frostlass, and Galvantula. That Galvantula looks very, very deadly on MN Haas' team. However, I think there's enough counter... I think there's enough... What's the word I'm looking for? Fighter coverage in Frostlass and and Fury Cutter Samurott to be able to let Sudowoodo run Rock Throw for Mandibuzz and Galvantula as well, well as Frostlass. So I could see Rock Throw or yeah, Rock Throw being the play on on this one. Of course Frostlass. Yeah, it does it does make that Galvantula matchup pretty dominating if if you've got the Rock Throw version. At least in this case. And so like I, that's at least where the angle that I'm looking at it from. And so I kind of think that you know, once the Galvantula was out of the way, the rest of the team can pretty much have their way with their way with them. To me, the the two interesting picks are the Lurantis and the Zwilus, where 
for the most part, they seem to be just outside of the meta, and I'm waiting for them to kind of prove that they're still part of the conversation, where Zwilus and Vanilla Catacomb was definitely a big part of it, and then Lurantis has some significant wins, right? Where, obviously, as, as long as Samurott is still around, you can, you can answer that, and it's, it's just sort of still a question of, is it worth bringing Lorantis over the chestnut? I would say when you kind of look at it, Lorantis does not take super effect or double super effective damage from flying type attacks. It also does not take super effective damage from the fairy attack. That's about the only, the only two arguments that I could see for Lorantis being brought in over chestnut. It's also not resisting rock damage, which is, I think, why Chestnut is, is showing up as, as often as it is, is because it gives you one of the very few rock resists. Look, I was giving reasons to bring Lorantis over Chestnut. Well, I'm pretty sure that Lorantis is just enough frailer that I'm not sure if the, the typing is that worth it. Like, Honestly, the the thing that should be putting Lorantis ahead, I guess, is just the Fury Cutter into Leaf Blade is reliably faster than Vine Whip into Frenzy Plant. Like, just that you don't have to debuff yourself to get off that grass damage. I don't know. I I bring those two up, though, just because they're ones that I'm watching over the course of this cycle to see if they do really find a niche for themselves over this meta pool that we, we seem to have yeah, that pretty well pretty well formed even just from, from the second week where they they feel like downgrades from their more popular counterparts and Galvantula is even just right on that line where I, I think it suffers from its own success a little bit where <laughs> it it is it looks good into a lot of opponents teams but then it's it's really only got the bulk to take on one pokemon yeah you can't ask galvantula to do like what ferret or Or even more specifically when you're in a frost last meta and you take something out the galv and then it's low like (laughs) i'm pretty sure all of us know how bad it feels to then be forced like to have one switch but then also know that you're letting the other Frostless farm up like that. <laughs> it just feels doomed. Yeah. And the question kind of be is, I guess the question kind of becomes like, do you regret winning Switch with so much health? Or do you want to make sure you left as little farm as possible for your, for the opposing Frostless? And, and I... Get, it becomes a question then of like, okay, what do you have to answer the Frostlass after that? And if your own Frostlass is in the conversation at all, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Which is, which is, I, I think also part of what's looking like happened here is that the the answers into Frostlass are, are kind of iffy. Okay, so let's move on to the last slot. Metaboo and VB5215. So Metaboo brings in the Galvantula, Pseudo-Widow, Jump Pluff, Umbreon, Frostlass, and Samurott. Very reminiscent. It looks like a combination of both the teams from the, ti- the 
excuse me, the team above, VB brings Barbarical, Chestnut, Frostlass, Alolan Muck, Umbreon, and Pseudowoodo. I'm, I'm glad we're getting to see a Barbarical take a win because that is also one of the, the, the Pokemon that I'm looking at some suspicion because despite being at the top of the rankings, it's it's only doing okay. Barbarical is definitely an underrated pick, in my opinion. And I'm I'm more on the side that it's it's got a lot of sim hero syndrome going for it, just that it needs to land the Stone Edge a lot of the time. True. But it is it is interesting here. And especially when the use of grass types, especially the infamous Razor Leaf fast pressure is very limited this time, where even in vanilla catacomb it was still around. Was it really like, that much? Like, East was an option. I I remember very vividly running into a few Razor Leaf Venusaur, <laughs> where it was not what I expected. But yeah, some, some people did go for it. And the fact that that is not in the conversation this time, I feel, is, is what opens the space for something like a Barbarical to make a splash. You know, now that you say... Razor Leaf. I want to run a Razor Leaf Pokemon now. <laughs> just, just the potential for it. Yes. And I mean, maybe, maybe that is a job that Florantis could do, right? It, is it can. can all all of a sudden pull the pull the Razor Leaf out of the hat? But yeah, you you still need something to hit, and there's there's a decent number of poison bugs or just poison in general that you have to worry about Alrighty then i mean barbarical is it's ranked number one in catacomb for a reason like of course might have like you said it might have sim hero syndrome but i kind of think that in the hands of a very skilled battler you know barbarical can go burr that's that's my opinion on the matter you know barbarical <laughs> yeah, the, the potential is definitely there Oh, Barbarical wouldn't be so dominant if the self arena just allowed Venusaur in the cup. I, I I've come to appreciate the the catacomb that we've received without Venusaur around. You're just being mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like just just because we would we would still have the poison bugs. Like I don't see why Venusaur would would be a problem on its own, except that does that whole thing where it forces all the other grass types out of the cup and so at least we're seeing some of them show up though it is it is still only a, a fair few well yeah bully all the other grass types out so that the water types and the bug types can come out to play that's a good train of thought right i mean the the train of thought is maybe you don't need a beedrill on your team because there won't always be a Venusaur on the other team. And and that, I guess, is, is another one of the big differences between the Catacomb of old and this one is we, we've gone to from Beedrill on every team to Beedrill on one of these four, which is... Beedrill on some of the teams. Yeah. It, it actually becomes a choice. Like, which, which poison type do you want? Or do you want a poison type? Definitely, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think I think poisons in general are nice to mitigate, especially like the the pseudo counter damage. Okay, dude. but yeah, long long uh, long story short, 
uh, it is it is nice to see Barbarical come out ahead just to kind of prove itself. Can do its best. But, you know, it's, it's, it's worth a consideration for your team going forward. I have one built. I'm waiting to use it. But okay. And now we move... Or no, we have to do previews. So, Grievite Underdogs is taking Island Guardians this week. And Glorious Bastodons gets Swell Sprouts. Sub-Zero is going to look to continue their win streak against NNPVP, who got their first win last week. Queen Knees has Testudo Skills, and Gumi University has Dojo Comrade. Both Gumi University and Dojo Comrades will be looking for their very first victory of the cycle. However, Gumi University does have the upper hand on having a tie. From do at least have a point, yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, it is now time to move on into the Copperfield. And holy freaking moly. Here, whatever. That's... Oh, I said field, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And holy moly, this has been the closest, closest tier since our covering of Silph Arena Factions in, a, in pretty much ever. Four out of the five matches finished with 11 to 10. The highest score was 12 points. The lowest score was 9 points. So yeah, even even the one that was not literally a 1 point was just a, a 2 point. So this is this copper, t- feel, copper t- tier is certainly shaping up to be the closest the closest tier in North America right now. That we know of. That we will cover. <laughs> no, So Barktown Boomers, Pioneer Valley, Battle Boys, and Spice is Right all beat Utah Pokemon Rangers, Northeast Battlers, Winter Vortex, Diener Don't Care, and Busta Mime, 11 to 10 respectively. SoCal Swablu beat Orlando Faction, 9 to 12. So it is just. Where, where are we following in this here? I don't even remember. We were not following anybody. We were spattering. Oh, okay. And honestly, with matchups these close, I still can't pick a team to follow. I am honestly kind of shocked that, I mean, I'll pick on like our team for a second, like Battle Boys and Diener don't care. We doubled the amount of points from last time out and got 10 whole points. Unfortunately, it was not enough to get over the hump, but it was still an incredible showing by all of these trainers. In this case, it's a shame that this week itself, it's a shame that one team had to win and one team had to lose. Do we do we have any fun picks to to pick on? I'm looking over on the Barktown Boomers and in the Catacomb field, Hayleaf and Chappie brought a Skunk Tank and a Sableye, and Chappie followed it up with a Bonsley and a Pseudo Wudo. Oh man, doubling doubling up on that Pseudo Wudo goodness, doubling up on that counter usage. Which I, I've seen the Bonsly come in for the Pseudo Wudo, but I've never seen both, so that that's cool. I mean, double counter. Would on paper seems like a good idea, except Hayleaf didn't really bring a lot of Pokemon weak to counter other than Sudowoodo and Umbreon. Well, and yeah, um, Umbreon is kind of kind of laughs at the fact that it's weak to anything, right? It is the one of the bulkiest Pokemon in the Great League. It's, it's built to last. <laughs> so that that's what really caught my eye. Another one that kind of sticks out is if you go in, if you scroll up into the Arcana field, Silent Beast brought an Agron, and Cedric brought a Dusclops. And they they did win with the Agron, so that is points back for the Agron at least. Like it's it's not a sweep back, but proving proving that it's worth the spot potentially. Yep. And honestly, in this, speaking of that, 
Silent Beast actually just messaged me saying that we're up in the in the on a, the last Ionic matchup, and yeah, I'm not really not really worried <laughs> about that right now. Well, I won't I won't spoil anything just in case they're running the same team that I played against. They probably are. Uh, here's one. So Drewsome, twenty five beat Chef Chef TJ with a Mega Scizor instead of a Mega Gengar. This is really close. Uh, one of the significant things about Mega Scizor, well, and then just about Drewsome's team in general, is they do have the Hydreigon, right? They do have Dark type, and then Mega Scizor itself is known for running the Night Slash, which gives it some leverage into the, the Mega Gengar. I would probably say, like, in this matchup, Mega Scizor probably was running Night Slash and Iron Head to still kind of hit the gorgeous over there. Because I'm not really seeing a definite answer to do it. Other to than what? Florges, uh, the floor just over there on Chef's side, on TJ's side, and then Drewsome being... Drewsome not really having a, def- a definitive answer other than the Excadrill and Florges on their side. Megas are like, it didn't run Night Slash or Iron Head. Bullet, bullet Punch, you mean? Bullet Punch is a fast move. Right, but that would be super effective into the floor just. Would it give? Would it really ha- be a lot of pressure? Yeah, the <laughs> nothing the the floor just can throw into Mega Caesar is even neutral. Oh, I keep just thinking about the the charge moves. I don't really consider the fast moves other than like Charm, Razor Leaf, and Water Gun. I'll keep that in mind for future reference. There is one thing I'm starting to notice with Barktown Boomers a little bit. And I hope this doesn't jinx them. Oh, no. So I'm going to say it. With the Barktown Boomers, they locked up, at least for this week, they locked up the field slots really, really well. They struggled a little bit in the open slots. <clears throat> and the week before, that was a pretty dominating week, a 2-1, all things considered, all the way around. So I'm wondering if if they lock up... I have a theory that if you lock up the f- field slots you can essentially play a little bit more with the great master and ultra league slots a little bit more, but it could be completely wrong. I mean, just based on the math, you're right. <laughs> there, you know, there are more of the field slots than the open slots. But at least in this one, like when we had primeval and then two other fields, a lot of the teams that were winning had won both the primeval fields. So in this case, like, like, I'm looking here at Atlanta Faction and SoCal Swablu. They are dead even on the field slots. And then in the open slots up above, at the top, was kind of the deciding factor to win. Spices Riot was able to pull off a victory by winning, let's see, by winning their, their Arcana slot and their one of their open slots. We, unfortunately, took an L because we lost both our Catacomb slots, one of our Arcana slots, but we did absolutely well. We took the top the top three slots, aside from Zimmy Kids, uh, one, two, but points are points. So I don't know. I'm kind of noticing a pattern here. If you get more points, you win. That's the pattern. I was, I was waiting to see what the conclusion was. <laughs> <laughs> points this, are good. This is taco pseudoscience. No, I, this is real. The points are helpful for winning. You're right. <laughs> welcome to welcome to to the Dragon Nose Den after dark. <laughs> <laughs>
We're yeah. The, we, this is how you know we're approaching midnight taco time. <laughs> it's getting late. Okay. Last so. last here. Last last. Hold stuff. on. Hold on. Before we do that, we got next week's matchups. Yes, we gotta do next week's matchup. So. Barktown Boomers are going to look to continue their win streak going up against another undefeated team, Pioneer Valley PvP. Dean Air Don't Care and Utah Pokemon Rangers are going to look for their first victory because they fight each other next. Bust a Mime and Winter Vortex are fighting, and both of them are coming off of a loss this week, albeit it was a very close loss. The Battle Boys have the Orlando faction, which... Honestly, it's going to go either way. If anything's been shown, anything is going to happen on any given Sunday or weekend. And finally, SoCal Swablu is fighting Spices Right. Quick look at the faction standings. It is... Yeah. I can't... In terms of the teams that are have yet to be on the board, five wins separate all of them. And so this is definitely going to be a, a match to remember. Or this could be a make or break week for the, the uh, no win teams. He's hoping they, they turn it around. At least uh, at least in game score, no one's running away with it. So can be reassured on that side of things. Yeah, that's true. Where we have a more spread out, <laughs> a more spread out bronze showing. So see King, sorry, not see Kingpin. So Stadium Elite Silver beat <laughs> Field Team 6 12 to 9. Bad Mewtwo's win 17 to 4 against Battle Club Orlando. Thinkernoise loses to Sea King Pin 13 to 8. We're kind of seeing a hot start from Sea King Pin. Let's hope they continue it this cycle. Sharks and Wreck beat Ghost Pepper Dunspice 14 to 7. And the Mighty Thunder Ducks able to bounce back against the Tap and Turtle Squad 14-7. I had actually just learned this yesterday on the podcast, and this might be public knowledge to everybody, but I didn't know that the Mighty Thunderducks was an academy team of the Thunderdome. Well, all those all those Thunder names finally coming together now. And this was also a team that we did not choose to follow. We did not pick. With t- uh, I thought t- we were looking at Sharks and Wreck. Are we? Well, that was that was my vote, just because we've <laughs> we've missed covering them on their pretty strong showing through the low tiers just by looking at other teams all right that's fair all right we're following shards and wreck this week <laughs> okay so gordon is on the great league oh, slot is i love that... it already oh you're looking gordon's, at it? gordon's team yes so gordon and the flash is able to take a 2-1 victory over tj buckets in the open slot with shadow canto ninetales shadow dragonite Lantern, Swampert, Alolan, Ninetales, and Hop's favorite Pokemon of all time, Double. TJ Buckets brought Galarian Stunfist, Chrysalia, Lickitung, Golbat, Lapras, and Toxicroak. Double Gober? Double. Well, this is this is such a offense versus defense matchup. <laughs> but any yeah, anytime you actually get kind of a balanced team with Shadow Dragonite on it, like I can't help rooting for that side. Definitely on, definitely. And honestly, it looks like Gordon the Fash is able to break through the defenses of TJ Buckets. Badoom. Yeah, I mean, well, and I guess that's that's just kind of without like diving in too far. That that's just always been kind of the saving grace of fence based or bulk based teams is there's just so many end game scenarios where you just you just have 
time on your side. Like you can get to an extra charge move just because you have that HP pool to work from, or there's there's just not a move on the other side that can take you out in one go. Is is sometimes what it comes down to. Also, when you kind of look at Gordon's team, that double water core, aside from sharing Lickitung and Chrysalia's weakness, the grass moves look to be really, really strong here. And you can kind of mitigate Chrysalia and Lickitung if you kind of matched up, like if you was able to get a safe swap, get the safe swap in, because I know these Pokemon are most mainly used for safe swaps, and using double in as your safe swap. And especially with having access to payback, you can hit Chrysalia super hard, and Double Kick can hit the Ligatung super hard with just that fast move pressure. And a bull body slam, deed goes burr. It like and and really that I think that's the struggle of of this whole matchup is payback off of Double is the only super effective move into the Chrysalia. That's the rough part on this one, but you know, congrats to. Gordon and the Flash for taking for taking a two one. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that gets a gets an applause. Applause. Definitely. Unfortunately, the teammate a city, a city boy. boy. It's a a. <laughs> Unfortunately, a city boy did not put any points up against Danko and got swept with Skunk Tank, Char- Shadow Charizard, Galarian Slowking, Toga Demaru. Cobalion and Tentacruel into Denko's Tentacruel, Kyrim, Drapion, Shadow Charizard, Shadow Machamp, and Galarian Slowking. This team looks very familiar. Does Togedemaru have access to a steel charge move? Gyro Ball. Okay. That's it. I was I was trying to I was trying to decide if you generally want to use Felsinger and Wild or I think it's Wild Charge. I know it's I know it's recommended, but I don't love. Bellstinger on Togedemaru, like I get that it's the fastest charge move and that it can buff Wild Charge, but to me, when you're using a buff move and running something like a Thundershock or a Mudshot or whatever, like a energy generating fast move, like it's just it doesn't sit well. Fair. It's like I feel like I feel like it's more of a gamble. Also, oh my lord, you need a level fifty S buddy to get it even close to the 2500 cp cap yeah that's the, that's the hundo one and i mean it's why the alternative has been magnezone right is i, I feel like yeah you you get reliable bulk out of the token tomorrow but at the same time i feel like the moveset options go more the way of the magnemite family fair honestly fair anyway the reason i was asking if it got a steel charge move was just if it had something to like uh, even threaten the kyurum with because if it's running the standard set then it's not worried at all i want to say based off of the play that is exactly what happened because outside of that i I feel like i would have expected the toga tomorrow to do well or at least do some good chip but i was gonna say here, here, here we have another pair of slow kings yep they will never go away but all right so we have in the masters they traded three o's one person three o'd the other person three o and then it's like who's gonna get the last three o pokey gains unfortunately three o to g free and old angry bottoms an old angry bottoms teammate 
Pokegains brought Mega Scizor, Dragonite, Exedrill, Ursaluna, Zekrom, and Gyarados. And Gfree brought Mega Gengar, Yveltold, Gyarados, Rayquaza, Snorlax, and Togekiss. Interesting. They swapped from Justicar to Master League. I think they're just trying new teams out or new players out at different teams to be flexible. They do that a lot. Okay. So this is kind of a little ironic. Like usually Mega Gengar would be like is the best Mega in the field. However, you know, Mega Scizor and Ursaluna. I like this response, honestly. Well, and even the fact that G Free is running Eveltal is a nod and Snorlax, where we talked about teams before that got 3 0'd because they didn't have good enough coverage against Gengar, and maybe this was an overcommit the other way. Yeah, it def- like G Free's team looks like it's a- it's there to support the Mega Gengar. But unfortunately, on the other side, when you're staring down a Mega Scizor, an Excadrill, and an Ursaluna, I don't really see anywhere for this Mega Gengar to go unless it's running Focus Blast and it lands. And just to just to speak from the points side, uh, G Free, the two pointers, uh, Eveltal and Rayquaza, outside of the Mega Scizor, like I, I feel like. The Rayquaza is actually looking pretty good. I don't know how it does into Excadrill. Probably not great. Um, I mean, honestly, with Breaking Swipe, you can honestly with Breaking Swipe you can drop attacks like there's no drop opponents attacks like there's no tomorrow. And I, I like that. Uh, I like that just kind of train of thought for Master League, where throwing in debuffs is unusual. <laughs> Just just based on the, the picks that exist in Master League for the most part. Um, but it's looking like just in this particular matchup, like obviously he didn't have a Master League squad from this cycle to clan against from this particular player. But I, I'm looking at the Eveltal as the most likely kind of place to maybe get some more play into not like tough when you get caught looking when you were clearly expecting a mega gengar mirror and there's there's this mega caesar response meta already happening yeah that is definitely on the rougher side you hate to see it but you know that's that's just faction and just this this quick adaptation is is really interesting actually players are definitely on a new level where i i kind of i kind of hope that we keep getting evolutions like this where it's it doesn't just circle back mecha gengar too quickly right like <laughs> what's what's the what's the response to, to mega caesar i guess is the question that's that's where the kyogre pick probably pays dividends and why something like the 2.5 dragons out of pokey gains makes sense is that's that's what you're preparing for is that's Caesar's kind of worst look is against the water types yeah but yeah i want i want to see rayquaza do well just so that there's a little bit more of a shakeup to those wanna... matchups that are that are otherwise very predictable i want to see it succeed as well. but alrighty, so almost done i promise so sees so both against mountain dugong both of them brought superior pelipper and crustal and shiftery where Zeus Wireless was able to 3-0 by bringing Tyrant and Kofagrigus, and Mountain Dugong 
Got Haunter and Gyarados. So double down on water flying types? Why though? The Dragon Breath is, is neutral. Slash super effective. Yeah, just specifically the Tyrant, but... But I mean, doesn't Weather Ball water still hurt the Tyrant? I don't know. Yeah, even even the neutral damage chunks. Like, that's... Well, alrighty then, so... Uh... I was I was just gonna say, like, it's looking a little bit like one of the threads we've pulled on a few times tonight, which is one of these teams is bulkier than the other. <laughs> just even as soon as you get down to the two Pokemon that are Brent, right? Yeah. It's like Haunter Gyarados Kova. You know, I like was... Like the, the squishiest ghost versus one of the bulkiest. Oh, on that note, I was actually looking at Gambino and Amigo Grande matchup. Gambino did not bring a Shiftry, but decided to bring a Meganium in addition to Jump Bluff. And I'm surprised they were able to take a 2-1 victory. I think you combined a few of those things so let's just let's straighten it out okay <laughs> so gambino did bring a shiftry but they also had two other grass types which i, I oh. don't think we've seen triple grass with the meganium jump bluff then they had tyrant pelipper covergrius to round out and then the amigo grande also had shiftry and tyrant and jump bluff pelipper but then had mew and malamar do you think that mew was running flame charge with the amount of grass on the other side, of it seems. I think either, either either flame charge or ice beam that we talked about earlier are <laughs> nice options. Still don't need blizzard. <laughs> you mean blizzard? Yeah, not that. No, I don't ever mean blizzard. Okay, fine. <laughs> Play with the stupid ice beam. Okay, that's fair. So. Anyway, taking taking advantage of the triple grass, because I think the most we've seen... I mean, a lot of teams are running two, so this is, I'm pretty sure, the first triple grass we've seen. Yeah. Or at least we haven't, at least we haven't like, commented on it, right? Yeah, no, we haven't done that. So to me, the Pokemon that comes out ahead, as soon as you have an extra grass... Obviously, there's there's already the mirror, but Bluff, as, as soon as you're, you brought another grass type that can't really do anything to flying types like it's it's got a pretty good look here and and can kind of focus more on dealing with the other jump left so that your own can kind of run away with it yeah it's like tyrant is good chip into it a pelipper isn't terrible it's like the one that isn't great is the shiftery but i feel like compared to some other matchups maybe you don't need the shifter as much especially when you have malamar as your other potential dark type i mean malamar definitely only in my the way i'm kind of looking at it, malamar has played against cofagrigus really well but actually no you can still superpower the shifter but i think it would still have trouble against like pelipper tyrant and the other grass types especially that fairy wind jump bluff running around anyway point being i, th- I think the path to victory for the Amigo was just slightly easier with the jump left having extra play. So as, as long as you could enable your own jump left and remove theirs from the equation, I think they were in a good spot. Okay. Oh lord. Atacum go Garchomp. Garchomp Glory brought a fairy type and a grass type into... Yes. 
Well, here's here's the Whimsicott proving itself, right? I mean, Moonblast is just so strong. I think it so gets Gar Moonblast. Garchomp's, Garchomp's full team, Jumpluff, Whimsicott, Drapion, Samurott, Umbreon, Frostlass. Into Barbaric, until... until... No rock types. That the is Drapion, also, also the Drapion is unusual. Into Maji 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 Carp. Magic. Magic? Okay, Magic Magic Carp brought Barbarical, Pangoro, Sudowoodo, Alolan Grimer, Galvantula, and Jump Bluff. So right off the bat, I'm not seeing a dedicated Galvantula counter other than Frostlass with Powder Snow, but that does as well as you What? Yeah, because it's a, it's a bug type. And ice type is super effective against bug type. No. It's not? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? We found we found one this episode. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I was I was wondering where we were going with that. Anyways. I uh, What the heck? Whim Whimsicott. <laughs> Whimsicott, I think, is is the story of this matchup, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's really only got trouble into Alolan Grimer and Jump Bluff, but specifically the Alolan Grimer. This is so... I'm mad now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had it. Okay, fine. I was I was just waiting for you to finish the thought. I was like, why bring should, up the Frostlass? <laughs> should, should we tell him? We're gonna tell him. We always tell him. <laughs> but, okay, fine. So I'm not... Okay, so I exit the fact where I'm not seeing a dedicated Galvantula counter. I mean, Whimsicott is pretty great. And, like, outside of that, I, I agree, like, it, there isn't anything that an immediate hard time, but... I have to consult the chart. Does... doesn't Galvantula's bug, uh, bug typing give it, give it an advantage over Whimsicott's grass typing? It would, if not for Whimsicott's other typing. Harry? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay, so it would be neutral. Yeah. Okay. We learn them together. <laughs> and, I mean, the other important thing about Galvantula is that a lot of its pressure is also coming off of the old switch damage and the grass type you're resisting it it's like i i'm not especially after the update with fairy wind i'm not super familiar on the exact way this plays out but i can't imagine yeah and well there's that alolan grimer with i think it gets access to poison gem. can hurt whimsicott really but samurott fear cutter samurott can do some damage as well as hurt barbaric Up update update okay. on whimsicott versus galv that uh gal straight lunge like this is another one of those weird um simulation things where for some reason it throws discharge on the standard but if you take away its ability to throw discharge and just let it be straight lunge like it barely wins the one shield and then as well on the zero and the twos okay because you need to land the moon blast and then after two lunges it doesn't actually enough to ko so you get the last second lunge off with two hp <laughs> so what you're saying is it's ivy an ivy dependent last last one yeah so the so the one shit like it's, it's pretty much a toss-up like it's i wouldn't call it great for either party all right and then i mean a yeah, samurai jump Pluff, whimsicott just those those three pokemon in general have it kind of eliminate not sorry eliminates but makes it very hard for Barbarical, Pangoro, and Sudowoodo to come out. Which yeah, well, and, like, the one thing that Pangoro really wants to hit is Umbreon. And, 
like yeah the the charges always are worth a chunk like even even when they're resisted and like yeah it can run rock slide but yeah there's there's just a lot of things for it to navigate here and maybe just the the pressure from the whimsicott is pushing magic magic carbs team build enough away from those things that it gets easier for garchomp glory to play into it you know like this this could be a, a bench pressure scenario where they looked at their little matrix for like the galvantula that could have looked good and then they saw like oh no it loses so once it got two what's the point even but as soon as you actually look at the how it's losing like there might be some of that going on who knows it's 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 still early in the meta so i feel like some of those things will get ironed out as you go if you keep up with your picks all righty then i'm gonna go into that last slot and put this up in a nice little bow before we say our goodbyes we have jay johnson going up against yamlet and jay johnson was able to take a 2-1 with his team of Umbreon, Samurott, Beedrill, Sudowoodo, Skunk Tank, Barbarical, to Mandibuzz, Beedrill, Sudowoodo, Shiftry, Alolan Muck, and Nightform, Lycanroc. Their Shiftry's not supposed to be there. Go back to Arcana, please. Just, I just wanted to play too, okay? Okay, fine. You, you took a game off, so you can stay. Yeah, this is a pretty, a pretty even team across the board, with the exception of... Like, take away the Beedrill Sudowoodle core that everybody knows and loves. Umbreon, Mandibuzz can kind of do the same role. Yeah, well, yeah, they're they're around for the same reason. And Umbreon is is kind of the classic, and Mandibuzz is one of those where... I'm the imagine, <laughs> Yeah, you imagine because it has that extra typing that it has an advantage over the Umbreon and particular but in that that matchup is one of those that's also a toss-up then you have skunk tank with its ever-present lame thrower sludge bomb crunch moves pick which one two it's gonna run and then of course barbarical i don't see a way barbarical is able to hit the field safely with Diftry, sudowoodo and midnight form lycanroc all over the place i mean it keeps up with them okay uh the shiftry right the fury cutter damage is is double super effective it's likely losing into all three but they're not getting away for free that's fair you can you can use it to set up pretty reliably against anything that it's either caught against or purposely swapped into like it's it's looking like a really strong safe swap here yeah i honestly i agree with you on that but un- unlike when we discussed kind of the suicide lead scenario like into a galve earlier like this is probably our first catacomb that we've looked at that there is no frost last anywhere you're not wrong honestly i just noticed that too so it's kind of who who do you use to take advantage of of the hole you create with barbarical is like where is where is that energy gonna do the most good for you and maybe the answer is actually sudowoodo here because then you can make a play for the meteor beam or just have extra rock slides ready. Alrighty. So with that, that is our final wrap-up. We'll go into the previews. Stadium Elite Silver gets to rematch Bad Mewtwo's. Oh man, that's going to be a good match. Nsynchronoise and Sveal Team 6 are going to look to rebound after both teams losing. 
Battle Club Orlando is going to look to rebound against Sharks and Wreck. They have their work cut out for them. Sea Kingpin and Mighty Thunderducks are going to look to continue being in the win column. And then Tap and Turtle Squad and Ghost Pepper Dunspice, two teams looking for their very first victory. One of them will get it. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Let's say tie. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jinx the ties. But with that being said, this has been a very fun episode. Went a little bit longer to make sure we got all of the information correct. I once again screwed up the type matchups. I promise I will learn those eventually. <laughs> I'm just glad that they're coming up. Like it makes me extra glad we're doing this. Like not not just because we're on the same team and it helps me out directly, but <laughs> just as a these these knowledges came from somewhere and we we gotta we gotta get the truth out we definitely do but all of that being said it is time for our very important public service announcement that is fairy types are bad ice types bad dragon types are amazing always make sure to keep your dragon fangs sharp so luck to everyone fighting this week and we will see you all in our next episode i mean I'm most excited just to see what the responses to that mega Caesar.